Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. Brothers and sisters, I can't get over that. I told my daughter about it. She's like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yep, I do." Hey, howdy, hey! At the beginning of each show, oh, she's God. like, "Oh wow, wow!" She I, loved it. She was I'm so gonna thrilled. laugh every time too. I'm like, I feel like it's Mr. Rogers or something, you know? <laughs> Very close. I've got my sweater on. Yeah, my vest. <laughs> this is how you make a gingerbread good, house. You know, very good. Hi, come to yeah, the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. My, my brewing brothers and sisters. <laughs> that's that's how that JP does my does an imitation of me. It is. That's uh, the JP yeah. version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Funny. I love it. <laughs> it's like Mr. Rogers meets you know yeah. a beer, <laughs> which would be a good thing. Mr. Rogers needs a beer. Yeah, he does. I'm drinking uh, Chad's uh, Brown Ale. Brewed uh, off of McDonald's recipe. Yeah, it's quite good. Mm-hmm. This guy, this guy knows how to brew. Yeah, look out. Yeah. Uh, the only person who can't learn how to brew is Justin. I don't know. I don't know why that's the case. He can't figure it out either. <laughs> I try so hard, man. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's, it's very sad, very pathetic. Well, all that energy is going towards like running, you know, top notch. I wish quality. that was a good excuse, but I'm, it's just not. Dude, I'm he knows, trying to help he knows, you out here. He knows man. radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does know radio. That's all I got. I'll, I'll tell you the one thing. This this whole show and uh, you know the success we had on that all hinges off of Justin. This whole thing. Nothing without him. Exactly. So I appreciate. That. I'm I'm uh, you know a, a boob with my thumb up my wart. Uh, you Even know. without him though, but yeah, still yeah. That's right. <laughs> Even with him, I'm still a, yeah, a boob with my thumb up my wart. Um, but you know, uh, all this this never would have happened. I never could have done anything along the lines of this. Uh, forget it. You guys, you guys would be not listening to this without Justin. Exactly. Trust me. I and think if, it's a fair if trade. Gets, if he gets hit by a bus, I'm telling you, <laughs> you're not going to be listening to this yeah. anymore. You know, he goes, this all goes. Oh, I appreciate that. I think it's a fair trade that you bring me good beer and I try to bring the folks good radio. I'm going to have to bring you some more beer. <laughs> yeah. But now you got Chad, so you don't need me. Oh, Chad's doing all right. I think he's going to cut me off. He's I'm not going to be like, well, you know, you want to talk in that microphone, going to cost you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, don't forget, uh, the show is also brought to you by our good friends up north, yes, Northern, Northern Brewer. They got quite the staff there. I mean, mean makers, brewers, I mean, I got some nice folks there. Oh, yeah. Everybody I met there has been very nice, yeah. very pleasant. And, uh, yeah. And I got a lot of good friends out there, uh, that, uh, 
brew out there in homebrew clubs and stuff. And uh, she's their homebrew club of the year. Yeah, and I, and I got some. I, I got some great buddies in that club, and I, I'm very happy for them. Oh, and, yeah, they earned it. You know, contrary to popular belief, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the people in Coif are very happy for them too, yeah, because yeah. Uh, it takes a lot to do that level of of brewing from a club. You know, everybody's really working hard and making great beer, so they should take great pride in it. And uh, okay. you know. Uh, collaboration. I'll tell you, the folks at Quaff are very, very pleased that another club's, you know, really stepping up and, you know, putting out that effort. Because mm-hmm. it's not easy. And you guys at Doze, you know, uh, doing, it doing it too. So yeah, yeah. that's that's just wonderful. That, you know, that's better beer for everybody. But the worst thing is, is there's just <laughs> greater beer for all of us. That's the worst thing? I'm, it's, yeah, never mind. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It's just wonderful. And if you go to the conferences, the uh, NHC, uh, uh, this last year was in Denver. Next year is going to be in Cincinnati uh, in the uh, middle of June. This is in June. Cin- and uh, and I'll I tell you, that the beer there, the first one I went to was in Texas, uh, you know, I don't know, five years ago. Yeah. And the beer there was, 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 was good. And, you know, it's just it's gotten better every year that I've gone. And, you know, th- in Denver... I, yeah. I don't think I got anything that I didn't think was great. <laughs> awesome. you know, every homebrew that somebody brought up to me, you know, was like, "Wow, that's really great." You yeah. know, and every every uh, you know person in the hospitality suite, just wonderful. Right on. I mean, that's just fantastic. And uh, so I I think everybody's brewing better beer, and you know, I think these competitions help. Oh yeah. I think you know all the information out there, all these other shows. Um, you know, they're 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 doing doing great mm-hmm. you know they're they're really uh helping promote promote uh well the whole know, better brewing the whole community just helps yeah. each other out yeah. that's what it's all about you know everybody help each other that's 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 the way to go we're really we're really doing great i, mean, I doubt we're going to retire from this no since so, we don't make any money from it so it's um, going to be it's great beer yeah. so yeah. i mean that's yeah, better we're, than retirement we're not retire from <laughs> the interesting thing is people ask me uh to send books you know as 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 uh prizes for competitions and stuff and it's like, uh, you know, if if I could get the books, like, other than buying them, uh, I certainly yeah. would. I think people are assuming that I get the books for free. Right. But I don't. No. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to, like, buy some books, and I'm going to give them to my friends like you, right. and I'm going to go into Justin, and, you know, all these people who have, you know, helped me over the years. I'm definitely buying a bunch of books, and I'm signing them, I'm giving them to you guys. But I don't get the books for free. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy to sign any of them, sure. but uh, you know the publisher or you know some homebrew shops or something. If they could kind of you know team up with me, I'd be glad to help out on that. Hey, we are. But I can't supply a bunch of free books. No. It's just like well, my wife well, it costs would, money you know, to like make smack them, so. me upside the head yeah. if I was like giving out because uh, well, I got to go buy them. <laughs> <laughs> Call your daughter. No college for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got I got to buy a hundred books off of uh, you know Amazon.com. Uh, so you know that's kind of the problem there. So, sorry about that. I, I wish I could help out a little bit more. I, you know, I'll show up to events. I'll do whatever I can. But Jay Z, financial. Just, no, stop. Just stop for a second. Do you know how much you're giving back to the homebrew community? No, don't uh, stop. 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 I'm just. I'm making a point here. I'm just t- speaking my word. You know, well, that's nice. Synergy. You know, you've given a lot back to the community. You've tons of hours to the competitions. I mean, what you do for everything, and you know, it's the least that people could do is buy a book from you. I mean, it's just like... Well, they don't even have to buy the book. Oh, not even that. Just the <laughs> fact that they, you know, appreciate what you do for the homebrew. I mean, I mean, it's... A, yeah, and if you, if you knew what royalties were on books, there's nothing. You know, you don't... Yeah, it's, it's like CDs, you know. Yeah, so. I'm doing it more because it's just fun. Yeah. It's, it's the love fun. of beer. Yeah. 
So uh, believe me, I'll be keeping my day job. Yeah, yeah. Software's got its hold on me. IT and homebrew is a little different. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking about a crazy Belgian here, right? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, no, no. no. He was... uh, (laughs) That's true. He was. Wasn't he Belgian? He wasn't French. He was Belgian. He was was Belgian, I think. Jean-Claude Van Damme. I used used to watch all those movies, too. I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Jean-Claude. Well, and and that's because you're Cajun. Blizé. Blizé. From the uh, Louisiana Bayou. (laughs) I haven't mentioned that in a while. You're not Cajun, and you're not from the Louisiana Bayou, but it just... uh, I don't know. I've been drinking... Yeah, me too. So. Uh, you know, Saison, and you know, one person who, you know, was like nuts about, uh, uh, Saison's was, uh, my buddy Ross, who came out and brewed with me. Oh, yeah. Came out from Chicago, and, uh, we brewed a Saison, and, uh, boy, he's like, tried every Saison the world has to offer. Really? He's like, measured the f- final gravities on all of them, and, Wow. You know, guy's totally into it. Wow. That's the guy that's, you know, more sanitary than me. Oh, yeah. You were talking about a couple shows yeah, ago. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, want to meet yeah. this gentleman here. <laughs> but he was here. He was here in the studio one time. What? Yeah, he came down. Well, not during our show, but... Uh, Sunday show? During the Sunday show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Darn. And, uh, no, he's a real nice guy. Okay. He was at... Uh, he's usually at the conferences and stuff. I'm sure he'll be in Cincinnati. Okay. And uh, just had a baby, so he may not be in GABF. He needs to lose that baby weight first. But, right. You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's probably still nursing. Right, sure. Right. Yeah. Well, at least he's got beer to feed Exactly. Yeah, he's probably nursing with beer. Yeah. <laughs> Bottle of Saison. Yeah. Baby's sleeping great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, dear, I don't know. Doesn't, doesn't have a problem putting him to sleep for, for me. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, what you're feeding him, but yeah, we're, you know, uh, he's happy when I'm feeding him. And mother's milk, right? Saison. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Saison. Probably milk stout. That's what he would go. He's not go. a crazy man. He wouldn't give the baby say son. He'd give him milk stout. There you go. That's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the other day. Oh, this is great. Know. I love this. <laughs> I know. I just can't stop talking. That's my problem. Oh, I'm encouraging I was thinking, you. <laughs> I was thinking the other day, you know, those energy drinks, those uh, Red Bulls and all these things. You know, and and, and the, there's uh, one of those drinks called cocaine. They, they took it off the market recently, but they allowed this thing called cocaine, a drink, energy drink called cocaine. All right. They for for the longest time they wouldn't let people call things milk stout, but they allow people to have a drink called cocaine. You know? Wow. It's like you know, and I would give my child a milk stout to drink before I'd give yeah. my child a, a, a energy drink called cocaine. Now, how weird is that? If your daughter and those things up? are like you know, raging with caffeine oh, and God, sugar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on, Daddy. You can know, have a beer, cocaine beer, after? You know, I'm like a beer is probably more healthy for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd focus on the more low alcohol beers, but you know, geez, come on, you know, what kind of what kind of society we live in where beer is demonized and yeah. some, a a, a, a over caffeinated sugar drink called cocaine is yeah. somehow great and acceptable, you know, and then beer is somehow some sort of a demon fluid. <laughs> oh, give me a break here, you know. Wow. I, and the you know the craft brewers out there, they're fighting this every oh, day, yeah. you know. Yeah. They, they you know. It's like they're seen, uh, you know, somehow as, as creating evil, but all they're doing is creating a little mellow good. It's yeah. the people that uh, abuse good. it is, is the problem. So. I'm just thinking about the committee that approved the label approval for that. And like, for cocaine. Yeah, I mean, come were. on. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, oh, well, you know, yeah, the kids, yeah, I drink it, you know. That's yeah, Then I took my kids to Raging Watch, and there was this kid drinking. You know, he's like, got to be like seven years old. He's eating a plate of those really 
crappy nachos with uh, you know their a bag of chips with you know cheese sauce squirted on them. Yeah, this is like his lunch, and a Red Bull, and he's like just slamming that Red Bull down. Oh no! <laughs> like seven years old, the mother's just sitting there, and I'm thinking, already got his caffeine what, fix. What in the world? You know. Man. Anyways, enough of my whining and complaining. That's funny shit, though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right, back to styles. Uh, observations about- of the world. Yes. Hey, maybe that's what we'd go to after we ran out of styles. We're gonna talk about saison. Tell us about uh, saison, John. Wow, what these, what these do you expect when you when you drink a when you drink a saison? Well, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, Belgian saison, uh, their the aroma, tons of fruit esters coming through. Um, definitely lots of citrus or lemons, maybe some grapefruit. Um, hops, low to medium spicel, spicel, spiciness from uh, your noble hops. Some phenolics from uh, hop fermentation. Maybe a hint of tartar sourness in the nose. Um, alcohol is soft and balanced with some malt. Uh, visually, it should be gold to orange, amber in color. Uh, long-lasting head retention. You know, I mean, they range up to almost 8% alcohol, so it depends on what you're brewing. Um, high carbonation for sure. You know, um, clarity is clear to cloudy. You know, some people filter, some people don't. Uh, overall, the flavor and the mouthfeel of this beer is... It's got a mix of fruitiness... Some spiciness. Uh, it's definitely balanced with a good malt softness character coming through. Um, low to moderate alcohol, f- you know, maybe aroma and flavor coming through. Some some tartness. Um, hints of pepper, possibly, um, from a hot fermentation. You know, the phenols cutting through. Higher gravity, you know, the higher gravity this beer is, the more over the top the flavors are. So maybe the sourness will increase. Overall, it's a... A medium to the strong Belgian ale. It's orange in color, usually. High carbonation. Uh, very fruity from the fermentation, which I can't wait to talk to you about. And, you know, usually a dry, acidic finish coming through. And usually a refreshing beer. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are out farming their farms and their, their wheat fields or whatever. And they're drinking. They're drinking. <laughs> Got to kill the pain somehow, so. Farm equipment and drinking. <laughs> yeah. Large motors. <laughs> See a little combine accident coming up here. <laughs> I'm going out on the combine. Got me a couple of pints of Saison. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Big plant grinder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're funky, good beers. Yeah. You know, I, I think, um, one of the common mistakes. So I think your, your description, of course, is, is, uh, accurate. I think the, the difference is sometimes people emphasize different portions of them. This is one of the problems with the BJCP style guide. It's kind of. Older. I think the BJCP style guide is awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it it does a wonderful job of trying to catalog what's going on in the beer world. They're not trying to dictate anything to anybody. Anybody, you know, is against it because it's they've written something down. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, uh, that's kind of weird. Uh, but they're just trying to catalog what they see going on in beers nowadays. And the, the problem is people take that as like religion and it's, it's not. It's, it's a great effort by a lot of very smart beer people to try and just kind of capture the essence of, of something, of a, a culture of beer in some place. It's come like this from the, the farmhouse breweries. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the problem is when they mention something like spices or peppers or something like fruit or something like that, uh, people glom onto that and they, they tend to make these too spicy or fruity or, you know, way overboard. And I think 
on the best saisons, you know, all that spicy and fruity and all that all comes from the yeast. You don't need to add, uh, you know, spices or fruits or anything like sure. that. It's all a fermentation driven thing. Uh, you know, I was sitting with a, a very good friend of mine and we were drinking a, a, a Belgian, uh, a strong dark. And he was like, oh, you know, I wonder what spices they put in this. I said, ah, they don't, I don't think they put any. Yeah, it's all yeast. It's like, no, it's gotta be. I think it's totally yeast derived. Right. So, uh, I'm not sure which one of us was right, but boy, I really believe that was all yeast derived. You can get such a a beautiful intensity of of the yeast. That's why yeast is so important. Fermentation Mm. is so important to, to all, all beers and all, all, you know, anything you're brewing. Well, manipulating the temperatures over Mm -hmm. the course of fermentation too. I mean, exactly. I mean, we should definitely talk about that later. That's really extremely important. Especially with this uh, style. For, uh, you know, any beer you're doing and, and this style in particular. All right, so we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. This fall, the most anticipated book in home brewing will be available from just one place. Uh, no, I think you can get it in a lot of places. Well, the most anticipated book in home brewing will be available for pre-order from only one place. That's not true either. All right, smarty pants, but only one place will have it signed. Oh, that's cool. TheBrewingNetwork.com offers brewing classic styles by Jamil Zanishev, the most awarded homebrewer in history, and homebrewing expert John Palmer. Available now for pre-order from the Brewing Network store, signed by Jamil himself. It's every BJCP style. Every recipe is extract and all grain. Every single one has won awards. Every style has some tips on how you brew the beer, what to focus on, what the key parts are of brewing and extract version of the style. Available this fall, Brewing Classic Styles. Pre-order your copy today. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com for more details. This is The Jameel Show. All right, we're back. We're talking about saisons. Saison. See, you got that French thing going down. I'm telling you, it's about French. My like Cajun. My Cajun. I'm your Cajun. Say, buddy. say, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> please, <laughs> please, please, he can do it. <laughs> please, please. All right, enough of that. Yeah, I'm a big Rob Schneider fan. As a matter of fact, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I know I'm pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment. No. <laughs> you guys are all like, yeah, he's sick, but he knows something about beer, so we put up with him. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> I feel really good now. Yeah. Over here, I was having a good time. <laughs> all right. So with saison, uh, and there's like new style guides come out. They're, they're tweaking the style guides a little bit. Cool. And I think they divide it up into uh, kind of the uh, saisons, a little lower alcohol saisons, a little more common, <laughs> and then like a special saison, which is the higher alcohol version. Okay. And regardless of what kind of version you're making, the 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 thing that you know besides uh, going overboard with spices and all this stuff which you don't need to add uh, the biggest problem people have with saison is they're not they don't finish dry enough right I mean, this needs to be bone dry Ooh, bone like dry. you're in the de- <laughs> I like the way you say that bone <laughs> you know, like being in the desert right you know that dry that dry 
uh, <coughs> and uh, well, that's what gives it its refreshing character, right? Right. right. It, it's like uh, you know making uh, you know a uh, imperial IPA it needs to finish fairly dry, sure. and that you can carry a lot of things, a lot of uh, flavors and essences and things like that. If you uh, have a nice dry finish, and it's you know very refreshing and easy to drink, mm-hmm. even if you go up in alcohol, as long as it finishes nice and dry. I was at the GABF and I went around. I tried every saison that people had. And I was talking to Stan Hieronymus, and he was like, you know, none of them are dry enough. Yeah. And, book. you know, as as I go and try, you know, Saisons uh, from around the world, it's like, yeah. You know, uh, and I could see, and I actually liked uh, <coughs> New Belgium's Saison, uh, but I had to admit, it finished kind of sweet. Yeah. But I really liked the flavor profile of it. It was really good. But, uh, you know, and it's okay to kind of Americanize it and, you know, sure. make it a little sweeter finish. But if you're trying to emulate a classic style, if right. you're trying to do well in competition, you need that really dry, crisp finish. Right. Well, I talked to you and Stan at the GABF last year. And, and what did I say? <laughs> Close. Yeah. The two minutes I had to talk to you guys, I mean, you guys just said, you know, it's all about the fermentation and really helping it along at the end of the fermentation. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I mean, raising the temperature and stuff. So. Well, that and, uh, you know, don't be afraid to use uh, plain old sugar, table sugar. You know, During that, the boil? Uh yeah, or fermentation? Yeah, in, in your in the makeup of your wort. Oh, to uh, you know, you replace some of your base malt with that. Okay, and uh, you know it ferments uh, easily by the yeast, and so it's uh, you, know, you end up with a drier finish. Huh. Yeah, you go twenty percent. Wow, and uh, without a problem, I think it's a good tip. <clears throat> so, on uh, my standard saison, not my special saison, my standard saison, I go uh, original gravity about ten sixty. Uh, 14.8 Play-Doh, and you're trying to finish around uh, 008 oh, or 2 man. Play-Doh. That is dry. That's a apparent degree of fermentation, about 86%. Wow. Okay, you really want this thing to dry out. 27 IBUs. It's got a, f- a firm bitterness because it's, it's so dry, so it's such a low residual sugar. Right. 27 IBUs kind of pokes through. Right, sure. You, know, you, you get a, a nice firm bitterness. Uh, 5 SRM, so a light color. Uh, 6.9% alcohol by volume. <clears throat> and uh, if you're an extract brewer, you're going to go with uh, uh, Pilsner uh, liquid malt extract and uh, some uh, at uh, 7.7 pounds, 3.9, f- uh, 3.49 kilograms. Uh, cane sugar, uh, you can use a pound or 0.45 kilograms. Wheat liquid malt extract, uh, 0.75 pounds or 340 grams. Mm. A Munich liquid malt extract. A half pound or 227 grams. Then you're going to steep some uh, Karamunic, 60 love, uh, two ounces, 57 grams. And th- the main, you don't want a whole lot of caramel flavor in this. Sure. But a, j- just a slight hint and, um, and you know, the 60 love starts to get in that raisiny kind of yeah. range. Great you can nuts. go 80. You yeah. can go, uh, you can even go, uh, you know, 120. Uh-huh. Uh, but it adds a little bit of color. It helps with that orange color. And you want that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're an all-grain brewer, you're going to go with uh, uh, 10.5 pounds of continental Pilsner malt, or 4.76 kilograms, and uh, 0.75 pound or 340 grams of wheat malt, and the same amount of Munich malt. That's uh, 340 grams. You're going to mash this at 147 degrees Fahrenheit or 64 degrees C. That's dry. 
Yeah, highly and, fermentable. And you know, if that doesn't work for you, go down to one forty-five. Right. You know, and hold that thing. And one of the things about a lower mash temperature is it takes a little longer for conversion to happen at a lower temperature. So you mash longer than an hour. Yeah, you may find what I've started doing is an hour and a half, just because. Why not? The time doesn't yeah. really matter to me. Yeah. And you want this thing as fermentable as possible. Right. So I may do like 145, 146, 147 in that range. And just let that thing sit and get that as fermentable as possible. Interesting. Uh, and, and you know, that plus the uh, the plain table sugar. And you can get this thing to dry out. Is there a point where the beta amylies in that range, the 145, you get below that, that they don't even convert? Like say you by accident hit 139. Mm-hmm. I mean, are oh, you? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, or one forty one. You know, I've seen I mean, a bunch of stuff recently where they say, "Oh, you know, it's all, you know, it's a much wider range than you thought before." Sure. You do have to get up to a high enough temperature so the the starches become soluble and accessible. Okay. Um, and also, you know, there are certain starches. You know, you need to get up uh, high enough so the you know the long chains are broken off and then broken into small chains. Right. So. Uh, you know, one of the things you could possibly do is vacillate between like a, you know, a 150, 152 and then back down to 148, 147 okay. and try and get this thing, you know, uh, to get the most out of it. But I think you know, just ha- hang in standard there. If you want to do a protein rest, you know, maybe 131 degrees Fahrenheit, um, uh, C is like, uh, whatever, 40 or 40, 40 50, <laughs> whatever it is. And then, uh, you know, go up from there slowly. Uh-huh. I did a batch where um, I started out the protein rest, and I raised uh, one degree every two minutes. Right. Uh, you know, and I slow raise up to, like, in the the mid-140s and held it there uh-huh. and did all that. It still wasn't fermentable enough. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, you know, I would just go infusion mash with the modern malts we have today okay. and, you know, 147. And if that doesn't work out, you know, do it, do it again and do it lower. Add more sugar to it. Okay. To get that to, uh, uh, ferment out dry enough. As far as hops go, I like to use Hallatower. You could use, uh, you know, Kent Goldings. You can use, uh, you know, um, Steering Goldings. You could use, uh, you know, just about any noble hop is, is, is appropriate, I think. But Hallatower, that's a nice balance for me. I, I like it in a lot of beers. At 4% alpha acid, at a 60 minute addition using the Rager formula, uh, we need about 1.7 ounces, 48 grams. It's going to give you about 26.5 IBUs. Your next addition is going to be at zero minutes, 0.75 ounces, or 21 grams. And that's going to give you a nice, light, floral, spicy kind of kind of character. Sure. If you age this, a lot of that will drop away. That's okay. It doesn't really need to have that, but it's kind of nice when it's fresh to, to have that, that hop character to it. Hmm. As far as uh, yeast goes... I like uh, the Y yeast uh, 3724 Belgian Saison. It's a good good yeast, will uh, good flavor, and it'll attenuate nice and dry. Uh, the White Labs uh, WLP 565 Saison Ale is a, is a good product. They've actually come out with a Saison 2, uh-huh. uh, and I'm not sure what's in that. I really haven't tried that, and that may be a better choice. Okay. Because the Saison Ale... As it is, really, you know, I I tried batch after batch. I tried every little piece of magic I know to <laughs> it's a kind of make magic. this thing attenuate down, and the the thing just stopped at seventy five percent every time. And I I just have no idea why that is. Huh. 
So if you're using that Saison Ale, you, you really need to be careful and you, you need to control your temperatures very carefully and jack it up. I mean, I went up into the 90s. You're you just know, like, come on, for, for experimentation. Yeah, and that actually slowed it down. Once it got to 85, past 85, it slowed down. Interesting. So you, you don't want to exceed 85 with that yeast. But you can't make a Saison without a Saison yeast strain. Right. And that's such right. a... Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you, There's you, just a flavor that that yeast produces. Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. And if, and if you're getting a, you know, if you're looking for a flavor like cork, you know... <laughs> you're looking for cork? Well, sometimes, you know, if sure. you get some of those commercial examples, you get like this cork flavor. Like... That yeah. comes from the cork that they put, you know, right. that they stopper the bottles with. Right. It's not from the yeast. Okay. You know, so, uh, you know, without that, you know, you get this... You know, this real earthy kind of corked flavor in some of the, the samples. Uh, cardboard. Yeah, without it, yeah. you know. Well, it's different than that. It's kind of a, it's, a, you know, corked. It's like if, uh, it's a very definite, you know, flavor. Okay. And, uh, you know, you won't get that from the yeast. But you get, you know, the spiciness and you get uh, a lot of the, the interesting fruity flavors <laughs> from that yeast. Okay. Now, uh, you're going to need to pitch, uh, you know, a, a fair amount of yeast. It's it's about two and a half liquid yeast packages using the XL packs, using the uh, vials from Wine Labs. Uh, or you know, make yourself a you know appropriate starter. Mm-hmm. It really it, it doesn't take too much on a starter. Uh, ferment at uh, 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 degrees C, and then uh, you're going to do that to start. And one of the reasons you want to do this, you want to avoid any hot alcohols. Right, the fusels, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you want some fruitiness, and you'll get that, and some spiciness. But you, you, you know, you don't want to start off, you know, raging hot. You start out 68 Fahrenheit, 20 degrees C, and then over the course of say a week, by the end of fermentation, you want to get yourself at least up to 80 degrees Fahrenheit or 27 degrees C. Now, how much sugar depletion are you talking about? I mean. Sixty percent, seventy percent. Are you waiting right at the tail end? Maybe two or three yeah, days. At the tail end, you're going to have maybe um, you know ten, fifteen percent of your sugars left. Okay. Wow. Know? So if so. you're trying to get to 08, you're looking at like ten twenty. You might raise it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I, and I would raise. Uh, I would start at sixty eight or uh, twenty degrees C uh, for uh, you know the first maybe two days. You know, it's once you get past your growth phase and all that, and all your yeast is there and everything's active. Um, you know, and and things are going fairly well. Uh, I would go from 68 after the first two days, maybe just you know, and raise it to like a one or two degrees per day. Just keep ramping it yeah, up. Yeah, just slowly ramping it up. Okay. Again, the, one of the biggest benefits to your brewing and and uh, uh, beer quality is temperature control. Oh yeah. Precise temperature control over your beer temperature while it's fermenting. Huge. Oh yeah. This is you know I would I would do this before going all grain. Oh yeah. You know if I was an extract brewer and I'm looking to improve my beer, temperature control. You know pitch in lots of you know high quality white labs or white yeast yeast, uh, appropriate amounts, good health. I would do that first, and then I do temperature control, and then uh, you know everything else is you know. The yeast uh, make it for you. I mean, yeah, you know that is so important yeah. to the quality of the beer. Sure. Uh, you know it's it's up there with sanitation. It really yeah. is. You know, if you're going to be spitting in your beer, then, okay, you can go ahead and avoid uh, controlling uh, temperature, too. But how important is that with this style of beer, would you say? The ramping up? Critical. Critical. Okay. 
and and yeah, especially that ramping up. And so if you have a good uh, temperature controller, and uh, you know you've got an environment that that works, so it needs the room needs to be cool enough, mm-hmm. or the you know the fridge you have it in needs to be cool enough that it won't run away by itself sure. when the CDs get active. But uh, you know you can overcome that temperature with like a firm wrap or something like right. that, which is like a plastic wrap that it's goes around the, the carboy. Or something. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and then and then ramp that up, right? Shouldn't even a, um, one of those blankets, electric blankets, work? Yeah, you, you know? can go to Walmart and for ten bucks you can get yourself yeah. an electric uh, blanket. Uh, it's not quite as slick as the other thing, and I use the firm wraps, but you know, you use whatever uh, you can you can afford. Um, you know, it's pretty hot out right now here in Concord, mm-hmm. California, or Pacheco, I should mm-hmm. say. Could I brew right now? You say stays on pitch at sixty five. You know, and a let couple, it ramp up. and just let it naturally ramp up over to the three five day course. Yeah, you could. You want to pick the coolest part of your home for that, right? Okay, because it will, you know, take off pretty quick. Okay, so if you can get the first couple of days at a cooler temperature and then let it go, uh-huh. although it probably won't hit in the eighty, in, you know, up to eighty. Right. But uh, and and I think that that high temperature there, you'll see, uh, you know, as it's starting to slow down, you'll raise the temperature up and you'll see it go more active. Right. One Part of that is just driving off the CO2 as the temperature rises, the uh, ability of the uh, liquid to hold uh, any gas right. diminishes and the gas will come out. But you'll also see the yeast getting a little more active. Okay. You know, they'll have less partial pressure of CO2 sure. uh, restricting them. Because they've already vetted that off. It, it'll yeah. come out just from raising uh, the temperature. And also the yeast, they like it a little warmer, a little more active. Still a few sugars left. Okay, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll eat Absolutely. these sugars. So uh, yeah, that's really uh, very, very critical to do that. Now, I mean, I'm sorry to get off on your thing, but uh, is there a different ester production going on there? I mean, 65, I mean, are they still producing any type of... I mean, I assume they're still multiplying at the 80 yeah, range, well, maybe a little, or, did, well, or no, they've already grown. They're, they're pretty much done at that point. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, but, you know, yeast are always producing, uh, you know, various compounds as intermediaries to, right. you know, making alcohol and, you know, feeding themselves essentially and sure. growing. Okay. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it's very critical to, uh, to do that. If, if you find out that the beer doesn't attenuate enough, you're going to need to add a secondary yeast. You can add the California ale yeast uh, or Y yeast 1056, uh, WLP 01, uh, or you can add some dry champagne yeast, anything to get that thing to, to dry down. When, you, when you're finished, you're going to carbonate about to three to three and a half volumes, mm-hmm. so nice and spritzy. Right. And that right. also helps with that dry perception as well. Right. Uh, if you want to make the specialty saison, then you essentially just jack up the uh the the original gravity and the the hops for me i changed the original gravity. i had enough base malt or malt extract to raise the original gravity to 1070 you don't need to increase the specialty malts just the base malt okay, okay? either your pilsner liquid malt extract or your pilsner malt to get yourself to 1070 original gravity to 17 plato and then um it'll attenuate not quite as far same percentage but you get down to like 1011 okay and then uh, you're going to need to increase the hops uh, to uh, get the, uh, uh, you know, uh, a little bit more IBUs. You're going to go from 1.7 ounces to 2 ounces or 57 grams nice. to, to get that. Okay. Okay. Hmm. All right. So after uh, the break, we're going to uh, come and answer a bunch of uh, listener questions. We'll be right back. Can you imagine a world without liquid yeast or German Pilsner malt? No rinse sanitizer. 
East Kent Goldings. Neither can Northern Brewer. Since 1993, Northern Brewer has been dedicated to spreading the enjoyment of good brewing and good beer by bringing these and other products to home brewers everywhere. They have a comprehensive selection of ingredients and equipment for making beer, mead, wine, cider, and soda with thousands of different items in stock. Everything you need in one place at a great price. Tech support and order advice from their expert and friendly staff is available by email or phone seven days a week. Fast and accurate shipping combined with their central location in Minnesota, USA. Means you never have to wait long for your order. Request a free full color catalog by calling toll free 1-800-681-2739 or visit them online at northernbrewer.com. This year, the Great American Beer Festival will last for three days, have more than 40,000 visitors, more than 380 breweries, more than 1,600 beers, but only one lucky listener will be going for free. Beer, beer, and more beer. The Brewers Association, White Labs, and the Brewing Network are sending you on the beer trip of the year. Airfare, hotel, all festival sessions for free. Brought to you by the Brewers Association, White Labs, Beer, Beer, and More Beer, and the BN. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com for more details. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all the stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah. some yeah. sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Beer. <laughs> Network. Now, back to the Jameel Show. We're back. We're drinking Chad's beer, and I feel good. <laughs> you know, when McDole can't show up, Chad's not a bad uh, alternative. Yeah, look out. It's, it's kind pretty, of, pretty it, darn it, it, I don't know if it's my empty stomach or it's kind of a strong beer. It is. It is a strong beer. As it warms up, I'm getting a little bit of alcohol from that bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's got a little little toot to it there. Not bad. <laughs> a little toot. A little toot to it. Yeah. Just like Justin. A little toot to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, and I saw McDoller the other day. That's probably why I'm in such a good mood. I yeah. love that guy. He's like a... He's Gandhi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you he's go. He's the brewing Gandhi. You know, him and Chad are like... They're like, they're like best buddies now. Oh, yeah. They're in, the they're, Chad's like Indira. They're inseparable, and, uh, those oh, yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're very similar. <laughs> hey, that's good for Chad. I'm telling you, it's great oh. for his brewing to be hanging out with McDole. Oh, yeah. Oh, I tell you, yeah. You, you can't... Uh, you know, if, if, if somebody uh, helping you brew and it's McDole, yeah. uh, you know, it, it can only be great. But I just, I just, you know, if he didn't brew beer, I'd still love that guy. Oh yeah, he's he's, he's just a wonderful person. Oh yeah, his dog is he shacking was... up with my dog now. It is good. Yeah, your he's dog. putting it to your dog. Yeah, pretty much. That's awesome. Yeah, he's he fixed, it. so you're set. Yeah, it's all fine. Oh, he's like... just enjoying himself. <laughs> <laughs> and Justin is. Uh, no, no, I mean Justin's dog is just taking it. <laughs> Justin's not. He's always got biscuit. Yeah. Oh, this is disgusting already. All right, uh, so. We were going to get into questions. Yeah. I got a few things from the chat. Um, 
A lot of people hanging out tonight. like to see that. Okay. Uh, this wasn't a question, but I thought I'd bring it up to you so you could talk about it. Somebody was talking about a recipe that they did. It was a kit from mm-hmm. a from a homebrew shop. Mm-hmm. It was a Saison kit. They fermented it at 66, mm-hmm. and they weren't too happy with the beer, and I, I think didn't think it tasted much like a Saison. I thought maybe you'd want to talk about that. Yeah, definitely um, 66 is starting to get a little too low. And you you wouldn't if you started at sixty six you wouldn't want to carry it through all the way. So again, start maybe sixty eight, uh, twenty degrees C, and uh, you know after the first day or so you're going to start ramping that temperature up. You need to get to eighty degrees uh, Fahrenheit or uh, twenty seven degrees C, and uh, that you know you'll you'll get the right flavor profile with that. And and part of it is you know attenuating everything down low enough and. Uh, uh, you know, it'll be there. And, and, and one of the things, here's, here's one of the things. I hope we got time for this. Uh, uh, I was re- realizing the other day was that, uh, you know, one of the reasons I like to start at a lower temperature, especially in a beer that has a bit of alcohol, is that you don't want hot alcohol. You want, uh, alcohol that as, as you serve the beer a little warmer, the beer blossoms. Those fruity esters, those spices, they come out in the beer. The malt character comes out. Mm -hmm. If you need to serve a beer cold enough to suppress that hot alcohol taste, that harshness, the malt disappears. Mm -hmm. The fruity esters kind of get subsided. Uh, you know, the spiciness gets subsided. And if you warm it up enough to, for those things to come out properly, Mm -hmm. then that hot, harsh alcohol is annoying. Right. So you want to serve all these beers a little warmer than, you know, your, your average, you know, Budweiser you're going to find on draft somewhere. Sure. You know, it can't be that cold. You want to be, you know, in the 50s Fahrenheit. And uh, that allows all these things to blossom and really come out. And you get the malt, you get the hops, you get the, the spices, you get the fruity esters. Without it being overwhelming, it becomes a very nice thing. And the, the, the hot alcohols need to be, you know, suppressed. So, again, starting at, uh, you know, 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees C, and then... Uh, you know, letting it uh, ramp up from there. I think uh, you know, ending around eighty degrees C, eighty degrees Fahrenheit, twenty-seven degrees C will really do a, a nice job. I mean, you'll you'll get all those flavors from it. Trust me. Right. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, another guy uh, about your mash temperature. Uh, he was curious if you could mash all the way through at one forty-five mm-hmm. and just finish that way, or do you have to do a mash out? You don't have to do a mash out. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the difference being, uh, and especially in something like this, I think it's okay. Uh, you know, y- when you run out of the kettle, uh, you know, it's still, there's still some enzymatic, uh, action going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, still some conversion going on. So it's all right. So uh, you know, the way I understand that. when you do a mash out, Doc was explaining a couple weeks ago, it's to kind of seal the deal. Like you've done all that enzymatic right. activity and, mm-hmm. you, and, and the mash out stops it? It stops it. And, uh, also makes it a little easier to run out your wort. Okay. Because okay? it thins out the, the, the viscosity of the thing and it'll, it'll run out a little easier. So. Okay. But, but, uh, yeah, if you don't want to, uh, fine. So, and especially if you're, you got infusion mash and you don't, uh, have the ability to recirculate and raise the temperature very well. Yeah. Uh, certainly, you know, don't worry about it. Okay. I think that's a good question. I mean, do you think enzymes still convert after a 45 minute, 60 minute mash? Like let's uh, if you're if you're mash 
drops five ten degrees do you think you're still doing something within the mash well it depends on uh, you know the crush it depends on uh, the thickness of the mash it depends on a lot of different things you know there tends to be a little bit here and there okay and uh, if you're sparging sometimes you can uh, you know with a hotter water you can uh, you know so something I, I, I think it's not nearly as important as people put on it sure I, you know again I think that the most important thing is fermentation okay and then uh, you know the rest of the stuff is there's a lot of leeway Put it that way. Okay. All right. Um, are hops and yeast mostly the flavor that's coming from this recipe? Yeah, the the majority of your flavor comes from the yeast. That's going to give you your fruitiness. That's going to give you your spiciness. That's going to give you the traditional saison character. So it's very important to use a high-quality uh, liquid yeast on this. You can't get by with a dry yeast. So there's no way you can make saison with a dry yeast. Okay. okay. You, you need a White Labs or a White Yeast product in order to do this. Okay. Um, uh, the hops do add a, an interesting signature note, and the, the base Pilsner malt, uh, you will taste that. But, uh, yeah, yeast and hops. Okay. Um, uh, this, I think, is a really good question because it sounds like a dumb question, but it's not a dumb question, so they're, they're, it's like my question. There is no dumb question. <laughs> Which Hallertau are you talking about? And I always wonder this, mm-hmm. too, because a lot of times recipes just say Hallertau. Which yeah, one are we talking it's about? It's very difficult to get, like, middle fruit because it's such a, such a tiny little region, uh, a tiny little amount that's, that's grown and, and uh, you know, uh, tradition or, you know, uh, Herzbrocker. I, I think you can use any of those. Like I said, you could actually not use Hallertauer. You can use something else. Okay. Uh, it's just, you know, a flavor you're you're comfortable with that you think is going to go well with that. So I would use, you know, whatever your local homebrew shop can supply you with. As long as it, it tastes good and they're fresh and, uh, you know, it's a nice smelling hop, go with that. Okay. And then the last thing I saw them just kind of discussing in the chat room right here at the end was uh, kind of the sourness of this beer. Is coming from the wheat? Is, is that what you had said? Is, no, no. No. Okay. Again, wheat doesn't produce any sourness. Okay. Of itself. Now, that would be, you know, it, it would either be a, a yeast derived, uh, you know, flavor or, you know, uh, you know, not, I, I don't think you're gonna get a, a, a sourness. And I don't think you have to have a sourness in a saison. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And, and then last thing before we wrap things up, we kind of had a special guest appear. I thought it might be cool to have him talk about uh, sure. the yeast for a second. Yeah. It's it, a white. Isn't that cool? Uh, Chris Chris White just uh, walked in the studio. We're doing some work tonight. Awesome. Chris, how are you? Good. Hello. Thanks. So it's the Saison show for Jamil. And I just thought maybe if, if for a second, even if you just wanted to describe the characteristics people could expect out of the White Labs Saison yeast, that might be kind of cool for people. A little, little added uh, feature to the Jamil show. Well, talk to us about the Saison 2. Okay, well, the Saison yeast is really going to bring out the hops very nicely. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, no, it, the Saison yeast produces a lot of the spicy, phenolic character, but the regular Saison yeast we have tends to slow down right about 50% attenuation. It's really designed to be used with a mixture of yeast strains. And so some people will finish those fermentations out with a house yeast or a different yeast strain or if you're in an open fermentation where you allow the temperature to rise higher it'll finish out without that additional yeast i i, I was saying during the earlier in the show i can never no i tried every little piece of magic i could i can never get that yeast to go past 75 percent. 75 percent. okay 
You know, I, I you know, you know, I tried every temperature up into the 90s. You know, and it and it stopped at 85. It wouldn't. It, it refused to ferment past 85. I I got the temperature back down to 85, and it started again. You know, it's that's just amazing. You know, that is interesting because then there. Are, I think every brewery is a little bit different. Home brewery, professional brewery, whatever. Sit your equipment because there We've are some commercial breweries here. I know that get it up into the 90s or just close to 90, uh-huh. and it still chugs along fine. Yeah. So what works in one place with the strain doesn't always behave right. the same. Yeah. Uh, but the Saison, too, is we just look through a lot of different Belgian strains to find a strain that produced similar flavors but fermented better. So the Saison, uh, too, it is different in flavor. It's a little bit more bready. It's not quite as strong in the phenolic character, but it tends to finish out the fermentations without the extra fiddling. Mm-hmm. So it'll... It, it doesn't have that slowdown right about 50%. Or would you would you suggest people uh, go with the Saison and then pitch another yeast, uh, you know, maybe halfway through? Yeah, I, I like the creativity that that, that gives a brewer. Oh, and to, you like people buying two tubes of uh, yeast. Admit it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> of course. But, you know, what actually works better even in buying more yeast, is to use another yeast they might have mm-hmm. because it's really hard to get any yeast to work in a fermentation that's already going, where you don't have any uh, oxygen, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, alcohol is already, already created. Alcohol's high. So what works best is almost to take something else that's fermenting, uh, like a uh, almost like a krausening, mm-hmm. where you take a two-day fermentation, you take some of that wort that's still fermenting, and you add that in. Mm-hmm. You can t- you can pull some yeast out of a refrigerator too and and get it activated, but it's a little bit more work mm-hmm. because sometimes you add yeast to an already going fermentation and it just kind of laughs at it and falls yeah, to the I've, bottom. Back when I was starting out, I'd try things like you know whatever champagne yeast like people would recommend, and you dump that in and nothing happens. You know, it just falls to the bottom and you actually see nothing. You have to get the yeast going or like you're saying, you have to take it from a active fermentation, add that, and it makes a makes then it makes an impact. Right. If it's already metabolizing sugars, it will do that in what you the Saison or whatever beer you add it to. Mm-hmm. It'll keep going. Mm-hmm. And you'll have something that'll finish out in a couple of days rather than continuing to have something going slowly and, and have to chug it along. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And then some people just like to let the Saison finish out too and if you've got a few weeks that can happen. That'll keep going. I've never been able to get it quite dry enough. Dry enough. Yeah, that's but, important. I'm, the drier, the better. But the the flavor profile is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love it. It's you know, it really is fantastic. It's just getting it dry enough. Yes. How about that? I'm having the white come in <laughs> right from good. the horse's mouth. And then just real quick, because uh, Jamil addressed a question uh, a little earlier, so I, I just wanted your take on it too. So Somebody, you didn't trust my answer? No, no, no. I you just why not? Answer, why not have the guy who who uh, makes this stuff? You know, answer. he invents these things. I think somewhere in his pants. Uh, <laughs> Sixty-six degrees for your saison yeast. Somebody fermented. Uh, when you think about that, it'll uh, it'll work. You know, we put a lot of. Things um, sometimes warnings about temperatures. Don't get this yeast under sixty-six, or mostly because if somebody starts out at that temperature, they might have trouble. Okay. But when you have yeast that are actively fermenting, they'll withstand some temperature changes. So, even saison yeast, same with California ale yeast and other strains, where we say don't ferment the strain at uh, fifty-five or sixty. 
and a lot of people regularly ferment it at 65. Gotcha. Or 60. Or California used to 55. Yeah. But it won't work for the next person. Yeah. Is it safe to say that all yeast perform differently? Every The different strains that you make? Um, Not only the different strains, but also in different beers, uh, in different fermenters. Wort even? Wort profiles? Yeah. Sugar availability? Mm-hmm. Nutrient okay. levels and oxygen being one every, of those. Everything. Nutrients. Every little thing makes a difference. Well, that's, you, that's why it's so critical. Fermentation yeah. is so critical. The, yeah. the, the quality of the yeast you're using, the health of the yeast, the amount of the yeast, the temperature... You know, oxygen, every little thing makes a difference. And, and learning how to control that is, is critical to making great beer. You know, I, I heard you on the uh, Sunday session a while ago. And uh, I was at uh, Sierra Nevada and in their pilot brewery. And they were, I was walking around, we're tasting all the different beers from the fermenters. And, and one, they had like a Schwartz beer or something. I'm like, hey, I'm a big Schwartz beer fan. You know, I'm trying this. I'm like, wow, you know, real, real sulfury, you know, but it's still in the fermenter. And it's like, okay, trying it out. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, boy, you know, I wonder what lager yeast they use in this. And I flip the tag around and it's their ale yeast that they were using mm. at, uh, you know, 55 or 53. And it tasted so much like a lager to me. Mm. That uh, I thought it was interesting. Now, of course, that has no bearing on WLP001, but you know it's a similar type of story to uh, right. And you know that some ale yeasts, you know, had lager temperatures. Right, California ale yeast, you won't get much sulfur out of it at higher fermentation temperatures. What little you do just blows out. But you ferment it at 55, uh, where it's a little colder, and that small amount of sulfur does stay in solution at the colder temperatures, and then you're going to taste it. Yeah, that was a huge eye-opener to me. I was thinking, you know, wow, I wonder what other yeast you can ferment really cold with. And you get those that sulfur. You know, the colder you go, maybe you get more sulfur. And lager yeast, the warmer you go, the, the more, you know, esters you get. And, you know, there's a, a real gray area there where, you know, it's... Mm-hmm it'll do a lot of, of different things depending on what you're doing. And, and this is, you know, t- to the person who is doing 66, you know, it's a little too cold. And, and, and you know, f- at least for the type of style of beer we're trying to make and that, that uh, uh, you know, f- phenols and, uh, you know, get that spicy and fruity, you're going to have to go warmer. And you can start out cooler, but, you know, you, and here's one thing. I like to start almost all my Belgians. <laughs> I like to start... Uh, Generally, like maybe 68, let it go for like a day. I, I, I have, you know, good active, uh, pitch yeast. I start about 68 and then after a day, I, I start to ramp the temperature up. And I get a, just a wonderful, uh, I, I still get all the flavor, but it's not a hot or a harsh alcohol, things like that from, from that kind of technique. And that, that seems to work really well for me. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, and a lot of commercial breweries do that too. Uh, the brewery you just mentioned, Sierra Nevada, you know, they, they've noticed with some of their beers, uh, lager beers, they ferment at higher temperatures. They're actually, they like some of the flavor profile they're mm-hmm. getting. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've gone a little, I don't want to say what beers, but they have noticed that they, if they ferment warmer on some of the lager beers, that they, they like it better. Mm-hmm. And so they, they have been working for a lot in going, uh, the opposite direction. But now, trying to raise the temperatures a little bit. And so is, you're seeing that too. That's this good. is the cell phone show. Yeah. Everybody's phone is around. <laughs> this is the cell phone show. It's good music. Yeah, and cell phone. well, and I, I think that's an important part. You know, not only you know do you need to uh, you know play around with uh, you know the various strains that are offered, but you can take you know one strain, and this is one thing I did early on was I took a you know a couple strains of yeast, and I would ferment. 
you know, batch after batch using that same strain of yeast. And I tried different temperatures. I tried different pitching rates. I tried different, uh, uh, you know, no oxygen, oxygen. I tried, uh, you know, different words. And it's amazing the, the flavors and the, the different, you know, you could take the, the same word, you know, side by side and just a, a couple of degrees temperature difference makes, makes a significant difference in the beer. It's, and, and with enough change in pitching rate or uh, temperature or you know oxygen you would swear they were two different yeasts I, I, have you found that chris i imagine Definitely. yeah I, it's just like night and day and you'd say oh this, this is completely different and for saison beers particularly saison beers we'll get a lot of commercial breweries who will say you know we made a saison and we didn't really get the flavor we were looking for because they're so used to fermenting beers you know 68 being the top mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so they, they it's hard to even think of letting a beer go into the 70s and and in the 80s is is just seems absurd absurd <laughs> yeah, well, and, but when they do it yeah. and then yeah. they do it maybe the next year and they allow it to say free rise mm-hmm. and and then maybe the cap would be 85 a lot of times, but let it free rise. They're just really shocked at how much better balanced it actually is because now the yeast produces some of the flavors you're expecting in Saison, and it actually tastes a little more balanced than not having those flavors there. I, I would say if you're making anything Belgian and you're not happy with the flavor, go warmer rather than colder most mm-hmm. of the time. And then if you're trying to emulate some sort of American pub brew that is you know, uh, clean in nature, uh, a lot of times you may want to go colder if you're like already in the 70s. You know, you might want to go seven, lower and, and try that. But yeah, on, on all those, the Saison, on, uh, you know, Beer de Garde, on, uh, you know, many different, uh, uh, Belgian-esque beers, uh, a little warmer is always better. Well, a lot of those crazy phenolics and stuff will mellow out as you age them too, so definitely yeah. better mage. They'll yeah. still be there, but they won't be as present. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that I worry about and that I really don't like in a lot of uh, beers, uh, home-brewed versions of Belgian beers, or uh, is a hot alcohol. So, you know, you can have a, a nice warming alcohol. It shouldn't be solventy or, you know, uh, you know, it shouldn't be like a paint thinner. It should be just a warming flush that comes through. You shouldn't notice it when you first drink it, but once it's in your stomach, you should feel, you know, the warmth rise throughout you. That's, you know, what I feel is ideal. And I think, you know, starting a little more controlled, you know, and then going up is, is the better way to go for that, for that character. I think you're right about that with any nice Belgian too. I agree mm-hmm. with you that you don't, it's not overwhelming up front, but, but like a Jack Daniels or something like afterward, it kind of, it just warms you up. It's a good beer. When I first started judging, I didn't want to judge Belgians because they were all really <laughs> harsh and would give me this horrible headache. And then once I went to Belgium and once I learned a little bit more, I realized, oh, you know, it's not supposed to be that way. Yeah. It's supposed to be, you know, again, and, and, and a lot of people, they'll serve their, their beers really cold, and that's to hide a lot of that harsh, hot alcohol. And really, you want it a little bit warmer, and, uh, you know, you need to have some control over your fermentation. You need, uh, you know, again, a, a nice, clean, uh, you know, healthy yeast that you're using and appropriate strains and, you know, temperature control and... All that makes a makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, how important is cell growth in a Belgian? I mean, the ester production and I think it's very important. I mean, so you don't want to overpitch. Right. I mean, everybody thinks high gravity pitch a lot of you yeast. You need growth 
you know, these people who are, yeah. you know, I'm interrupting Chris here, <laughs> people want to hear him, but these people, it drives me nuts. People go, oh, no, no, don't like, uh, you know, they're, repitching yeast is fine, but they're they're taking the, enchi- the entire cake of, of yeast from a previous batch and mm-hmm. they're putting new wort on top of it. And that's way too much yeast. It's way too. You're not going to get enough growth. You're gonna. You got a bunch of cells that are ready to die. You got a bunch of crud in there. You don't want to do that. You got to have yeast growth in order to get the appropriate flavors. So you can. You end up with a, a weird beer without sure. without yeast growth. I agree, and that's the second thing that I tell brewers when they're looking for more flavor from Belgian strains. The first part was pitch to allow the temperature to go up, but yes, pitch less, and let that yeast grow and develop those flavors and. Again, that's something they might not be used to doing if they're used to pitching a lot of yeast for a pale ale or a lager. But then on a Hefeweizen or a Belgian beer, and if you pitch a little bit less, you can be surprised by actually getting the flavors you're looking for. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just pitch two vials now. I don't even do starters for Belgians anymore. Two vials per five gallons. Great success. Finishes out dry. So or, definitely viable. You know, one vial and a small starter. That works yeah. too. Yeah. The morning of one liter starter, yeah, yeah just get just it active, get it active. And, and toss it in there, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, you know, yeast growth very critical to the the overall flavor profile of your beer, and if you like Chris is saying, you know, maybe try a little less, you know, don't, and this this whole you know using an entire yeast cake from a previous batch, I think is is bad news, right? Because brewers like to see that fermentation is happening. They say, oh, you know, but fermentation started in an hour. Nah. But that's not good. Yeah. You, you feel good because it's it's going. And we've talked about this on, on the show before, I think. But you want eight hours. You want ten hours mm-hmm. uh, before you see active fermentation. And that is the yeast absorbing all the nutrients that are in the wort, uh, going on the right timeline. Then they start reproducing. Then they start manufacturing these compounds that are going to become the flavor compounds. So if you don't give them that time to start growing and metabolizing these compounds, they'll never produce those other compounds that are going to be the flavor and aroma compounds. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. No, I just brewed a, a strong golden and a, uh, a double and, uh, you know, you know, eight to ten hours in, you know, I, I was still just not seeing anything. That's fine. Didn't worry me. I wasn't panicked. Next day I go and check, check and sure enough, it's, it's going quite well. Nice. But that's fine. You, you got to have the growth. Give the yeast the time. And if, you know... Use good sanitation, you know, good practices, you know, uh, protect your word from wild yeasts and stuff. And it's fine. You can leave it overnight. It's not a bad thing. You know, on loggers even, you know, it's it's not a bad thing to be overnight. As long as you have the yeast in there that you want. I mean, chances are they'll probably beat up the uh, bad ones. Yeah, and, <laughs> you, know? you know, especially uh, especially on loggers, I think people are too, way too panicked over getting them going quickly because... Right. When if your wort's down in a colder temperature, you know the bacterial activity or wild yeast activity is is lower as well. So, not a big deal. Well, Jay Z, you know you've made it when the whites just show up at random for your show. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, or maybe or you made it. Maybe you <laughs> showed up for them to appear yes, on your show. Yes, <laughs> That's awesome. I predict high levels of downloads for the show as I put their pictures next to the uh, the links here. Sounds like we missed the best part. <laughs> oh wait, let's load up on some more information here before uh, you know. I'm not stopping anything. Uh, more questions from the chat room. Uh, that's what I actually the the chat was very excited to see these guys uh, come in here and talk about these things. Um, but they're really 
just uh, they're kind of running the gamut here, talking about wild yeast and uh, different s- sorts of uh, fermentation vessels and starters, and uh, it, it's a whole other show going on wow. in, the, in the chat room. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. I got time. <laughs> kids are in the hot tub. It really doesn't matter. They're ready to go. And Doctor White here is, uh, you know. <laughs> right, right, roll, right, Doctor? Well, one sure. thing, I'll tell you this. Um, y- you know, you had mentioned using the yeast cake. Um, somebody said about how uh, hesitant they are to use salv- salvaged yeast in mm-hmm. general mm-hmm. Um, because of, of infection. And I think that Chris has talked about that on shows with us before, too. And you, I, I had talked about it that I was going to do it. I'd done uh-huh. it a couple of times. Uh-huh. And, and you said, yeah, well, go ahead, you know, and, and see what happens. And one of these times you might get an infection, and, right. and you'll know why we say... Yeah, if you, if you if you can't ensure that you're you've got good sanitary practices and that that you know uh, you got a healthy pitch of yeast, I would you know tend to start over. Uh, I would get get myself a new uh, you know a couple of vials and uh, you know go from that or a new vial and a starter and go from that. And I think that's really really the way to go. Um, you know, and 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 the other issue is. Um, like we're saying, you know, you need to if you're reusing that yeast, you really want to you know, use the appropriate amount of yeast, not too much, right? Not too, you know. I I would I would err, and this is one thing, you know. I listen to that uh, Sunday show when you're on. I would err on the side of too little yeast rather than too much yeast. And again, I think uh, you know people go crazy with it. They you know they want those fast starts, and they've you know that's what they've heard, and you know uh, you know you need to put this ton of yeast in here. And I would I would err on the side of of too little rather than too much. I think that's kind of what you had said in the on the shows anyway, White. Yeah, I agree. It's just the only thing I didn't agree with you on that show, and oh, no. people are probably wondering, <laughs> was uh, your experiment on the uh, on the uh, break material in the uh, in the starter. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. And I think I, you know I, I gotta I gotta disagree here because uh, first off. You know, the temperatures are off by what ten degrees? You said. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's a significant difference in, in, right. in one thing, and then, and then even if if you if you cool the wort down to uh, you know seventy degrees, uh, it forms some break material. It drops out. If you if you take that same wort after that, and you chill it down to you know thirty two degrees, there's sixty percent of your cold break right there. So all that all that material is still in solution. So the the majority of the 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 break material is still there. Right. Every time you there's a lot of break material that right. sticks around. Every I, time every break you'll get more. And I th- I think there's more than the yeast can use. But I think there's a lot of uh, lipids in the hot break too uh-huh. Uh-huh. that are. But isn't helpful. there more than they can use? Well, at, at eighty degrees or seventy degrees, there's still so much remaining in there. It hasn't formed a break material that if you if you had one at eighty, uh, or you know one you collected uh, from the boil and uh, you let it cool down, versus one you collected at uh, sixty five degrees, there's still a ton of of uh, lipids in there. Isn't yeah, there? but I think at that point it's more protein than it is lipids, and it'd be interesting to see for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, because it is harder to break out uh, protein. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, th- I think the thing to do is to do this experiment oh, at the yeah. same temperature, same wort, and you know, much more controlled and, and repeatable. Right, and then and then we truly see. 
Right. And it depends how you're making the starter, too, what kind of difference it's going to make. But because you either give them the lipids in the beginning or you mm-hmm. oxygenate them a lot, right. which forces the yeast to make, make their own the lipids, lipids themselves. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. Either way, are gonna, you're going to get yeast growth out, right. out of it and right. e- uh, or recover poor uh, yeast that's not very healthy. Right. And it sounds to me like uh, from in talking about different aeration techniques, that aeration is so inefficient anyway with how much just comes right out of solution by the time the yeast end up using it, that it almost seems like having some of those other nutrients. If it's if it's either or, if you're saying you can get the lipids there, you can get it yeah, from, from O2. But I thought, you know, what I've, what I've read is that, uh, you know, it's much more difficult for them to utilize the lipids from the uh, break material than it is, uh, you know, the, their first choice is to use oxygen. Right. And then, you know, when they mm-hmm. don't have any oxygen, they turn to the lipids too. And what it, what it is, is they're trying to synthesize, uh, the sterols to, uh, keep the, the cell membrane, uh, pliable. Okay. Otherwise, uh, it, it becomes very stiff and they can't bud and, and create new, uh, cells. They can't, uh, you know, the permeability across the cell membrane, uh, suffers and they have a lot of problems with that. So, uh, that's what they're using this for. And, uh, like you said, you know, the, the viability suffers. They won't be able to produce as much yeast. But the, the first thing they pick up is oxygen. They'll pick it up quite quickly as well. So, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd like to see that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'll maybe I'll do I'll do do some experimentation on that. I right. I got plenty of copious free time here. Yeah, I'd love to <laughs> do it some more some more experiments on that too because you know that particular experiment you're mentioning we talked about on the Sunday show the temperature was different at time of pitching mm-hmm. but then um you know how many hours later it's hard to know they were yeah. about the same you know because then they were yeah. incubated at the same temperature mm-hmm. and over the course of 24 hours the growth was still significantly higher in the wart that was collected from the hot break. Well, this is a and trip. I, and actually, I think I think the only <laughs> the only problem I have with it is is that uh, you guys seem so certain that that was the result. Oh, that's maybe the way it came over. Yeah, on that's the, the air. way it came over. But yeah. no, no. But at yeah. first, I was I thought temperature. But right. then, as we monitored the cell right. growth over the next couple of days. That's when I thought, you know, I, this might not all be temperature. Yes, right. it started faster right. and started because of the higher temperature. Mm-hmm. But look how much more cell growth we're having consistently over these two days. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you oxygenate at all or? No. Stir plate or nothing? So no. it was just for, okay. But we did compare to a stir plate. Uh-huh. Um, and the stir plate sample never caught up, uh-huh. even on a stir plate, to the uh, starter that was non-stir plate. Uh-huh. And hot break. See, that's what I had gathered. Is not that you were so certain that that was, that that was the finality, but that you were certain that there were nutrients coming from from the break that were contributing to that. Yeah, you know, there's some more than anything. I found it interesting, and yes. that it needed to yes. be looked at more Absolutely. carefully. Yeah. I agree with you. 100%. So there's no yeah. way we could really say for sure if it was more nutrients or if it was temperature. Yeah, especially but one one test. No, nobody uh, repeating the experiment. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anytime what? you have an experiment, you know, it's it's not really proven. When one person does it, you have to have somebody else repeat your experiment and sure. get the same result. And sure. then, then it becomes proven. And against the control and the whole thing. Right. Why the but hell? That's, that's why do you guys got to do this to me? <laughs> that John's reeling. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about the amount of, like, lipids and proteins that are soluble yeah. in solution and the amount that's still there. Will that affect my fermentation? If Should I cold it? Should I crash it? Let it heat up? I mean, You won't be sleeping tonight. That's a trip. I don't know. No, but I thought that uh, Sunday session when you guys were on, I thought it was one of the best ones in a long time. I thought that was really good stuff. It was a fun show. show. Good show. 
All right, you got to give them what they want, Jay Z. You got to wrap up the recipe and uh, no do, more questions. Follow up. No, you we know got what? The lights here. I know they're just listening to you guys. They're actually very into. Uh, if you have more questions for White, I think that's what they want to hear. They're, yeah, they're very yeah. much listening to you uh, interview. Oh, so, me? Um, oh, I... yeah, not them. That's what I mean. They're they're listening to you and 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 you interview White. So uh, <sighs> if you have more while you got them, do it. Otherwise, uh, I got a question for if you're a beginning home brewer. And you're doing partial boil, and you've got all that crap in the bottom of your kettle. Uh-huh. You want to strain out as much of that, or do you want some of that that brownish gray material, which is cold break, cold break, right? Tree hot break and cold break. That's yeah. a food source for yeast, correct? Somewhat a so. nitrogen source. So you yeah, want think, some of that, but I not think, all of that. I think you have plenty of there. If if you're planning on repitching the yeast, and if you're beginning home brew, you're probably not. But if you're planning on repitching the yeast, my understanding is excessive break material can uh, you know, coat the the uh, cells, the yeast cells, just like uh, you know the uh, summarized alpha acids of hops can can coat the cells and, and reduce viability uh, for for repitching. So you know, you might want to on, on ales. I don't care. I run the whole thing in there. It's fine. I, I don't see a big deal on lagers. I tend to try and I, I don't go nuts about it, but I try and leave at least the bulk of it behind when I when I transfer to my fermenter. Okay. Wow. We've tried a lot of experiments with yeast storage and troop levels and higher or lower troop levels we don't see that suffocation i've read it as mm-hmm, well but mm-hmm. we don't see a suffering in, in vitality or viability with very high troop levels actually mm-hmm. uh, but we haven't seen a benefit either right. but there is a benefit of some troop so would you rather have brown or green the, the hot break or the cold break some more of that or the hmm. Probably the brown. Okay. Yeah. I'm just throwing out there, I mean, for the beginner brew or something. So. Yeah. No, that's a good question. That's a good question. But, it, it, and you've you've seen the, the stuff where uh, when there's a high level of uh, summarized alpha acids uh, the that coats the yeast, viability drops off a cliff. And there's actually, I've seen uh, uh, patented methods, you know, listed where they actually try and remove that... Uh, from the yeast to restore viability, right, and that's done a lot in commercial breweries too to remove the to debitter the yeast mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. a lot of yeast is used de-bitter in the yeast. In, that's uh, right, yeah. in animal feed, uh-huh. so in cat food uh, especially, so they and cats don't like hops, right? So they they do debitter the yeast. No wonder I don't like cats, <laughs> but <laughs> apparently I have cats, a cat. You know, come on, give me a break. Too. In, uh, talking to a couple of companies that do this, uh, cats seem to prefer Coors yeast over Anheuser-Busch yeast. Huh. Really? And this is a, a puzzle to uh, people Pussy who always do this. wins. Independently verified? <laughs> <laughs> they do trials, you know, with, with cats. Yeah. And uh, consistently, the, according to this one company anyway, um, the cats prefer Coors yeast and they don't know why. Interesting. You know, after a couple of beers, I wonder what the cats think. I don't trust cats, so I'm, I'm going butt. They're <laughs> <laughs> dirty. <laughs> I, I do have a caller on the air uh, question, but although it was from, I've been leaving the poor guy hanging for a while now. Oh, there's a whole bunch of, uh, so uh, yeah. I don't know if it's a yeast question, but hang on. I think it's a uh, yeast slurry. What's happening, my friend? Hey, question for the guys. Yeah, I do. It's a yeast question. Uh, it's Good. about the uh, picking a uh, pitching a second yeast. Okay. Um, usually, like after the fifth day fermentation, I, I pitch a second yeast. But I was wondering if it was like a yeast that you guys thought. I mean, it's, I pitch Nottingham. Because it's a little higher attenuating, but okay. I don't know if it's not as clean as 1056 or anything. In a in a saison? Yeah. 
you, you know, it depends on what the, t- you know, is this an active Nottingham? Well, I, yeah, on the on like the fourth day, I threw it in a beer bottle full of, um, full of, uh, you know, DME mix, and then throw a mm-hmm. airlock on it for like. At what temperature? Hours. Then toss it in. What and temp? What temp? What temp? Uh, usually around around seventy five. Yeah, you know, I would I would tend towards. You know, either a, a cleaner yeast like WLP001, uh, or, you know, a Belgian strain that, uh, had kind of a similar flavor to the Saison that might, might go well with those, those flavors you get there. And, um, uh, and, and also most of those Belgian strains do, uh, attenuate quite well. So they tend to be uh, a, a little more drying, and uh, so y- you should be able to find a good uh, Belgian strain that will kind of kind of marry up with that, I think. And uh, uh, you know that, or something like the Saison Two that that uh, White Labs has now would be very similar. I imagine so what, you guys probably threw a Belgian strain in there, right? I don't, I don't like the second flavor Saison Two. So Pardon? if I pitch with that second, would that go farther or? Well, the Saison 2 has their Saison yeast, and then, if if I'm not mistaken, it has uh, an additional yeast in there. And I think, uh, you know, uh, if I was a betting man, I would go with, uh, you know, a Belgian strain as the second yeast. Uh, well, no, yeah, the, no? the uh, Saison, no, it is a, a pure strain, the Saison 2. The Saison um, 2? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Uh, only well, you have a Saison blend now. That's right. right. We have the blends. So the blends have three or four strains in them, mm-hmm. and the, the Saison blend has four strains. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a question from the chat too that I need to. to uh, another uh, kind of unusual yeast some brewers have used on Belgians and saisons in particular is um, a wine yeast is our Chardonnay yeast, and that's become a little popular because uh, it, it's it's um the say it's a beer yeast family so it's not a traditional wine yeast but it has some of the flavors that that people seem to like. A lot of fruit character. It's got, it's got a Belgian style yeah. character to it. Yes. Okay. That that won't kill the other yeast. It's not a killer yeast. No. No. That whole killer yeast thing. I don't even worry about that. They're it's all some, right. It's something in nature yeah. that exists, but it's, a myth. it's uh, only a couple of percentage of of brewers yeast have ever been found to have a kill factor, and and a few wine strains, but not very many. It's like the female orgasm. You never find it. <laughs> Speak for yourself. We haven't been looking. <laughs> looking in the wrong place. All those guys. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call, brother. Okay. Thank you. Cheers. All right. We need to wrap this up because these guys need. Uh, they didn't show up to to talk to me. They yes, showed they up did. to do uh, do yeah. other things. We're here for you. Real quick though, they wanted you to talk about your five six your WLP five sixty eight saison blend. You want to mention what that is, real quick for uh, for Jamil? We're apps up. Well, yes, the saison blend is another. Uh, because saisons are popular, and it is, uh, it's a it's a straight it's a mixture to create more flavors, more complexity, and fast fermentation. So you don't have to worry so much about fermenter design, whether it's an open fermenter or closed or temperature as much, because it's got a mixture of strains. It's got a little um, um, some of the say, traditional saison yeasts, and also some of our Belgian ale yeasts. Cool. 
That's exciting to me. I kind of want to try that just yeah. to, you know, because you want to mix yourself, but why not let the pros do it and then I, you just I, pitch I bet it. you people are asking, you know, fermenter design, open, closed, what does that have to do with it? And it doesn't have something to do as well with uh, even depth of fermenter. Yeah. You know, you, you end up with a, a higher partial pressure of CO2 uh, the deeper the fermenter goes and... and uh, the higher the partial pressure of CO2, the more it uh, kind of restricts the yeast, and you end up with, uh, you know, less of those, uh, uh, you know, characterful, you know, fruity esters and things like that, the higher the pressure of CO2. That's one of the ways they do uh, uh, some lager strains. If they want to produce a lager at a warmer temperature to get it done quicker, they keep a little pressure on, on, the, uh, on, the, on the tank, and it'll uh, suppress a lot of those, those flavors. It doesn't really turn out right, if you ask me, but um, right. that's one of the ways to keep the, the, the yeast from producing uh, uh, any real uh, flavor as well. So. Right. As you said, uh, Jamil, they, the pressure restricts yeast growth, so in fact, some of the best Belgian-style beers I've tasted from commercial breweries have come from open fermenters. Mm-hmm. Allows the yeast to really, uh, you know, uh, get going. Mm-hmm. When you do your blends, do you do them by cell count? We, we are right. The, we produce the yeast separately and we blend them together afterwards. But we all the blends are all from strains that we have experimented with growing together. So we know they we know the growth curves. We know they grow together. We know they won't outcompete each other. Okay. Even though that's subtle among some brewer strains, but some will have different growth curves. Interesting. So a foil instead of airlock, then somebody in the chat room asked that for the sure, no pressure. Sure, I I think the whole airlock thing is kind of overdone. Okay. I think uh, you can always use just foil over a over whatever container you're doing. You know, just let it hang down enough on the sides that you don't have to worry about any th- the the remote possibility of some strong wind blowing something in. Mm. Uh, and as long as you don't have any crawling uh, creatures around, fruit flies that like to you know land and crawl and or ants or something like that. Uh, yeah, you just loosely throw a piece of uh, uh, sanitized foil over the top. Works works great. Okay. You know, same thing for starters or whatever. No no airlock needed. Yeah, thank you for spreading that message. I think that's great because uh, I'm a big f- proponent of that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. That the over the uh, airlock is just overused. It, it's places later on, but not in the beginning of fermentation. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So maybe just at secondary or something we, you, you, when you'd want to really seal it off. Or like day two, day three of ferment once it's when grown. Fr- after high krausen, basically. High krausen. Yeah. Okay. Great. It's a good tip. All right, Jay-Z. It's all yours. All right. So, Saison. Starting gravity, we're going to go about 1060 or 14.8 Play-Doh. Uh, again, you want this thing to finish bone dry, so we're looking to try and get a, a, a 1.008 or 2 Play-Doh uh, finishing gravity. That's about 86% attenuation. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Chad's beer is coming to me. Uh, IBUs, 27 IBUs using the regular formula. That's going to give you uh, also about uh, that amount of attenuation, giving you about 6.9% ABV. And you're going to use, as an extract brewer, uh, 7.7 pounds of uh, Pilsner liquid malt extract, or 3.49 kilograms. Uh, Cane sugar, use a pound, or 0.45 kilograms. Wheat liquid malt extract, you're going to use 0.75 pounds, or 340 grams. Uh, Munich liquid malt extract, uh, a half a pound, or 227 grams. And uh, Cara Munich, uh, you're going to steep at 2 ounces, 57 grams. That's really uh, a 60 love. Uh, you can use an 80, 120, whatever. It's really just to give a little color and a, a, a slight bit of flavor enhancement there. Uh, for an all-grain brewer, 
replace that Pilsner Wheat in Munich extract with 10.5 pounds or 4.76 kilograms of a Continental Pilsner malt, seven uh, three quarter pound or 340 grams of wheat malt, and three quarter pound or 340 grams of Munich malt. Mash at 147 degrees Fahrenheit, 64 degrees C. Uh, you know, hold that until you, you get a good conversion. You're going to use, uh, for hops, uh, a 4% Halitower. Again, use any Halitower strain. It's fine. Uh, 60-minute addition, 1.7 ounces, 48 grams, gives you 26.5 IBUs on the Rager formula. And then uh, at knockout, I like to have a 3-quarter ounce or 21 grams uh, just to give you a little bit of flavor there. And uh, pitch uh, the White Labs WLP565 Saison Ale or one of the other blends. Uh, I, I haven't tried those yet, and I bet you those are uh, a great product to use. Or the Y-East uh, 3724 Belgian Saison. And uh, ferment, uh, you know, start out uh, 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 degrees C. You're going to want to, you know, after the, the first day or so, start ramping that temperature up. You eventually want to get yourself to 80 degrees Fahrenheit or 27 degrees C. And... Uh, that should be a great saison. All right, uh, the next show coming up is I don't know. That sounds like a good show. <laughs> I never uh, know. Premium American Lager. Ooh, oh, actually, that's a good one. Actually, we're going to do the premium, the standard, the light. We're going to do them all in one, and okay. then uh, we'll have another show after that. And uh, you'll be interested in what you can do with those th- those things and, and, and how to make a great one. And it's really not a bad beer. Uh, be sure to tune in for that one. And uh, great show, John. And thank you Thanks, uh, to the Whites uh, for showing up. Well, thank you. Made a, made a great show. That's fun. Bruce Strong. The Jameel Show has been a production of the Brewing Network. Please send questions for Jameel to jameel at thebrewingnetwork.com. 